Split your fucking head open again. Cause I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. And we know what you do, don't we, Charlie? You fuck people out of money and get away with it. Now it's time to play. <laughs> Alright, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Bergen, as always, I'm Franklin Matt Ralston. As always, Matt spent his Thanksgiving break dressed up as a giant turkey strutting around West Hollywood asking men to see how many feathers they needed to pluck to get to his Tootsie Roll Center. How was your... That's a real run-on metaphor you had <laughs> going on there. I know. I had to save it since we didn't tape on Thanksgiving. That was my <laughs> Thanksgiving gay joke. How was your Thanksgiving break? Did, uh, you, weep for the, did you weep for the uh, Native Americans again? Uh, I hung out with some Native Americans. I, I don't think the uh, topic came up, luckily, or at least... Not when I was around, probably. I like the fact that there's so many American holidays that celebrate the Native Americans, while it really was just our the beginning of the Holocaust, the beginning of the Holocaust of the Native populations. Yeah, um, I did not know kind of germ warfare. Yeah, I did not know there was a when the I never I always do a little Thanksgiving research when the Pilgrims landed in Plymouth Rock. There had previously been another Pilgrim, like a couple years or a few years earlier, Pilgrim invasion. Or landing, and they'd built a settlement, and everyone died from disease. Yeah, like Indians, like the people, they'd all died. So they came, the, the pilgrims we know today, or the Mayflower, were not the first like European settlers in the exact, almost the exact same spot. There were previous people there who just all died and took a lot of Indians with them. Yeah, and the, and the big debate, or one of the debates, is like, well, did they know that the blankets per se were killing the people, uh, or did they simply see the correlation and continued giving the blankets? And I'm like. This is what you people talk about. <laughs> like, what does it matter? Like, yes. if I if I observe what's going on and continue to do but it, but they're actually like so. There are actually Native Americans there, like in Massachusetts, who spoke English because some English because there had been settlers there before. So, and they mostly had killed the Indians uh, through disease. But like, so when the Pilgrims came again, it's always like in the pl- in the little kids' plays. Mm-hmm. It's always like the wonder of like the first meeting. The meat cute, like the rom com meat cute of the Indians and the and the European pilgrims. Right. But actually, the the Europeans have been there like twenty years earlier and just like sort of killed everybody. <laughs> so they were the Indians were like very. They're like, why are the Indians so non receptive to us? Well, last time you came, you killed kind of killed everybody. Yeah, and there was like inter intermixing with the you know there were certain white people that lived with the Indians and, yes. s- and certain Indians that lived with the white people. If you ever see that movie, The Heart of the Sea. Um, <laughs> Which is actually underrated because it's you know it's it's about Moby Dick, right? About the real whale. I just that guy's such that guy's such what's his name Thor is such a bad actor. Yeah, isn't it Thor? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, 
No, it's not a good movie. The whale scenes are cool, but I'm just saying, like, you will see if you read, you know, historical accounts, there'll just be one. It's not like the token black guy is a new thing, you know. There's always there's always been token people around. Token engines. Yeah, Chris, token. Chris Hemsworth, by the way, is a great Thor, but he's they've made him like do six other movies where he's just fucking horrible. He's just fucking Thor. He's bad. He's like a Mark Wal- Mark Wahlberg acting chops. He's like, yeah, he's like the hunky. He's big and hunky and, and, and muscular and plays like like sort of dry wit superhero really well. But he can't act. He's not like Robert Downey Jr. who can move into other roles. You know what I noticed with him is he plays the role. And I don't know if this is vanity or if just movies have gotten weirder. But he in every movie he's in that's not Thor. So he's the hot guy, obviously. Yes. But that's not enough. He has to be like worshipped by all the women. They have to like get together and be like, he's like the hottest guy I've ever seen. I want to suck his dick. Like they have to go out of their way. It's like, yeah, I think we understand that he's you know an attractive guy. What movies are you watching? What Chris Hemsworth movies are you watching? It was like that in like Ghostbusters. It was like that. It's like that in every movie. Oh. I get him and his brothers confused, but yeah, uh, Liam is the guy. He, Liam's the one from The Hunger Games. I don't and Chris is the one from Thor. They suck. Like this week's show is sponsored by people who are gassed that a woman who likes to dress up like a Confederate soldier and only has white friends would be elected senator in Mississippi. <laughs> it's like these people have no idea how Mississippi works. I love the uh, uh, the comments about how like shocked people were that a racist was running for sen- was going to win senator in Mississippi. Like people do people not understand what Mississippi is. It's like if yeah. you're trying to get votes in Mississippi, you want to be as racist as possible. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is what she did. She was. <laughs> she was. She, she said a lot of very uh, incendiary things. Yeah, she made you make your, you make your innocuous lynching jokes. But people like that are like, and by that I mean the the sort of far right. They're such cowards because they'll always make an excuse and like, no, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, it's like, okay, we all know that you do. So if that's what you believe, why don't you just fucking say it? I I think she kind of did internally in Mississippi. I think it's kind of like she did all but say, I'm just a racist. Like, vote for me. In yeah. Mississippi, I think this was a message of her. Uh, her she pol- didn't apologize. Not inside Mississippi, but when then we get out to like outside the lo- when you're on CNN or you're on some national media network, you have to start covering up a little bit because the whole world is not Mississippi. <laughs> world is not Mississippi. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if you bring her out here to a Red Lobster, like people in the next booth are going to start turning well, around. Well, like, I, I always think about like Ice Cube, right, from NWA, like how fucking gangster he was, mm-hmm. and then at some point they're like, "Look, dude, if you want to make a lot of money." You gotta start doing like, are we there yet? And like being a fam- being a family man, you can't keep say, dropping n bombs and talking about people you killed and killing cops and stuff like that. Yeah, I never figured that out with rappers. Like, what is the buffering zone where where you're in? You know, probation. Like Snoop Dogg's whole thing was like, I'm a pimp. I'm yes. a, I'm literally a yes. pimp who kills people. Yeah, I'm a murderous pimp. And uh, and now he's got a, now he's got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, the the people at Disney were like, I think we can package this. <laughs> yes. I don't understand. But you have to believe when those guys go back to their home turf, to their hood, that they're actually fall back into like the old ways. I mean, not not they're killing people anymore, but they got to be their whole dialect, their whole demeanor must change back to that gangster toughness when they go back into their actual like where they where they came. Well, they up. always but don't like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg, for example. They still are the same character they just don't say they just don't talk about raping and killing and they keep, they keep all their controversial you don't see like 
You don't see Ice Cube talking about like Trump or anything. You don't see him doing no, political comedy. But I'm saying mannerism wise, he's still like an angry black really? guy. Isn't really? He? I don't know. He just seems to me like the goofy guy in com- goofy guy <laughs> in like comedies with Chris. I mean, he's doing the stuff with Kevin Hart now. He does movies with Kevin Hart now. Yeah, so. but he's always the guy that's beating up someone or yeah. he's angry. Even though he's like something. five, even though he's five, even though he's five six. Uh, do not forget to become a patron of the show on Patreon.com forward slash Last Man Earth. Thanks to our new patrons. Get on this shit now before it disappears. It's a great Christmas gift, by the way. Uh, for someone you don't like, just make them a, make them a page for the show. If I'm on the if I'm on the mailing list, uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Here's the thing, Matt. Gender dysphoria is 2018's version of, I guess, being gay from like 20 years ago. I don't know what was hip when you went to high school. We didn't have gay. Even growing up in the San Francisco area, had no gay, officially gay people in high school, in my high school. But probably 10 years later, they did. I think being a pothead was that. Really? In my school. Wow. Being a pothead was never cool. I don't think that I remember like. I guess it was edgy. Well, just edgy. owning and holding pot and, yes. and booze, I think. Wow, you were really like in a uh, uh, really sad America. <laughs> <laughs> not, not super hip. I think it was probably later became the dudes who followed rapper, like the white guys who followed rappers and got like sort of gangster and started like dropping their letters and stuff in their words. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we had some goth. We had a few goth, goths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in Alaska, like goth was actually kind of gangster because half the half the dudes there are wiggers yeah there's only like two guys with the <laughs> balls to like paint their face white. like those were the real guys to, to listen to the cure and yeah, no one wanted to fuck with those guys <laughs> uh so gender dysphoria is like apparently that and vaping are the two hottest trends in <laughs> in american and british british high schools but there's been a huge we talked about so many times like for all the talk about transgenderism and tra- transgender rights and all the stuff that came up with bathrooms everything else only one third of adult Americans identify as one third of one percent, uh, you know, one in what is that? One in three hundred identify as transgender on when they take the take the polls and everything. And most people don't actually know oh, you do. You live in West Hollywood. But most people who live in most states in this country don't even know someone who's transgender. Um, so this all seems to be a very hip trend in transgender rights, transgender social media, transgender media coverage. Caitlyn Jenner obviously was a huge story when the SB on the cover of all the magazines. Um, and suddenly this idea emerged, and I don't know how this happened, because you know, I think you and I both advocate or believe in gay ri- rights for gay men and women. But somehow this became uh, uh, the LGBTQ, then from gay to like transgender really fast, mm-hmm. like about five or six years ago. Like you stopped hearing so much about when gay marriage, I think, was passed and everything was fine. Everything moved to the succession of transgenderism, like transgender rights, but fast. I think it was under Obama. It just happened like it flipped the switch. All the stories in the media were about because there weren't as many oppressive gay stories anymore. So now it's like, okay, let's pick transgenders because they are clearly oppressed as a minority. Probably around when they put the Q on there, too. Uh, it was just up until like five years ago. It was just LGBT. Uh, well, T is transgender, isn't it? I don't know. LGB, LGBT. It was glad. I just remember it was fucking gay, lesbian. Then it was LGB. Q. Oh, wait. Q. Did I just say Am I yeah. retarded? Q is questioning. <laughs> I don't know. Why. All right. There's the no T. questioning. No one, no one cares about questioning rights. T, all these stories about hi- kids in high school, like the girl, the boy who wanted to identify as a girl, the girl wanted to be a boy, wanted her own bathroom. Want to use the men's locker room? It went from one story on 2020, yes, that was kind of like heart wrenching, 
because the parents are like, we don't know what's going on. Yes. But, you know, we still love the kids. It's yeah. like we tried a bunch of shit. And One just, legitimately fucked up like 12 year old. Yeah. Who just did not. Who was a girl who wanted to be a boy or a boy who wanted to be a girl. And wasn't it wasn't just a gay thing, but like really like felt lo- like really lost kid, right? Yeah. You're right. It was one like 2020 or Dateline special in like 2009. It was like you thought it was just a weird novelty. It was a weird. I think it is a weird novelty. I mean, by numbers, it's one third of one percent. <laughs> it's one in 300 people. Well, and th- I s- that seems high to me, by the way. Yeah, that seems high to me. And, and that's probably like, and again, just like it was with. It's so gay population is like four or five percent of the country. So literally the gay population is like. 20 times larger than transgender population by self by self uh, by people declaring themselves so it's not even close and no, it's not even close in numbers in terms of minority rights it's a very small fraction of the of the population um but it became this hip thing and so all these kids in school they started forming clubs they started having you know, all this gender dysphoria celebrities started letting their kids cross-dress angelina jolie was letting the kids cross-dress uh, leave schreiber's kid was we- dressing like a girl going to like comic-con the whole yeah the discourse became uh you know there's no uh, w- uh what do you call it boys only play with the uh, toy guns because we don't give them dolls and right the social construct argument the st- yeah the construct stuff which anyone who's ever even been around a kid knows is completely bogus um, but people just started saying it as as if they were experts on it. Yeah, people in L.A. and New York, you mean, and and Santa Barbara <laughs> and and whatever other you know sort of hipster like suburban like wealthy suburban places. Because I don't believe this is an argument. in, like we're talking about Ice Cube. Like I don't think where Ice Cube grew up, this is like gender dysphoria is a big argument. Probably not, probably not a hot topic in like most of the country in blue collar blue collar America. I'm guessing gender dysphoria is not a big thing in the middle schools. No, I mean, there's probably a few, you know, there, I think in those kind of places, if you're legit, like, hey, you might get beaten to death. Yes, there's, probably. there's a possibility <laughs> yeah. of that. Well, if you're cross-dressing for sure. But there's always like uh, a few guys or girls that are, are different and uh, they seem to be pretty accepted as long as they can throw a punch. Yeah. Well, then there was the guy, Ma- Mac or whatever uh, her name, his name was in Texas. He won all the wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. The girl who took all the <laughs> took all the steroids, the testosterone, and they forced her, him to dra- wrestle other girls. And then he went 197 and 0 <laughs> and won four straight, straight titles. So th- was, these are always like the success stories. I guess you could put it that way of like. Cha- the stories were always like how sad they were at 12 but at 16 they were champions of some uh, some shit they'd overcome the stuff with being accepted and they'd gone through hormones and other things like that and then YouTube's uh, actors and actors started coming up on like YouTube influencers on social media saying how gender dysphoria was real and it all boiled down Matt, to an argument I had on Twitter <laughs> with the guy last week who uh, when I said there wasn't two science shows, there are only two genders, and it really does. There's just no legitimate scientific study, peer-reviewed scientific study anywhere that shows there are genetically more than two genders. There's there's the intersex stuff you talk about sometimes. There's quirk there's quirks in the genetics, but it's very very rare. There's no massive uh, constant. This isn't like this isn't like gay people like suddenly coming out of the closet and like five percent of the country is gay. That's been proven to be bio- That's been proven to be biological. There's no such proof for, for gender dysphoria in science. And so this guy argued with me that I had hard science on my side, but he had soft, <laughs> soft sciences on his side, because all the soft sciences at the universities and schools showed otherwise. Well, yeah, 
gender dys- that's where we're, that's where we're at. Well, they changed it. I I forgot what the old term was, but gender dysphoria is like well, I'm unhappy with my I'm kind of disillusioned with my genitals, right? Uh, I I don't I don't believe I believe I was born the wrong sex. Like yeah. I was I was labeled a boy, but I should have been a girl. Well, that's just as scientific as phantom limb syndrome. Yes, where someone has a limb and they're obsessed with cutting it off, or or they don't have a limb but they keep itching it (laughs) you know i mean like it exists but it's it's some kind of um psychological issue well it's not like the government is deciding at birth like there's like a little assembly line hopper with a little thing and it it drops like it decides every other guy every other child will be a boy every child will be a girl in which case you'd have massive gender dysphoria because just random like say all boy all kids were born androgynous and they just assigned you a blue or pink outfit at birth (laughs) Then, of course, yes, there'd be the massive gender dysphoria, but they're not. They have, like, you have balls and a dick. They gave you a bo- your boy. You have a vagina and girl parts. They may label you a girl. And every now and then there's this intersex, very rare intersex character who's born with multi- either hermaphrodite or born with partially, partial genitals or, like, the, the chromosomes didn't quite work out. And they're, like, it's kind of undefined what sex they are. But that's compl- that's not even what we're talking about. What, how are you... Th- and. I don't know if if there is a hard science between how you define a hard science versus a soft science. I mean, obviously, a hard science I would think of something like um, kids who ha- kids who had to do homework in college, <laughs> kids who had to study <laughs> in college. No, I mean any any science is is I mean it's a science. Yeah, like it's based on theory, and so obviously. Um, well, these, I think these people call women's studies or gender studies a science, but right? it's not. Well, it, it, there mean, are it people is. researching it, but I think it's all psychological. So he, but I, I'm trying like so he would mean by hard science, mathematics. Well, I think it would mean biology, anatomy, genetics, and soft science. So psychology would fall into psychology, the soft science. gender studies, uh, whatever like s- s- social construct argument that like you could actually raise a girl out of a boy if you just had a different environment for them. Well, see, yeah, that's just a way of saying. I'm wrong and I'm right or <laughs> I'm wrong and I refuse to apologize or whatever because that's like saying well the superior science that we've had for longer and that everyone respects more says this um, but you know this what I what I believe so I found this thing that says what I believe right and, and so we're both right and it's like well no it's I mean it's like the um, they, they use anec- they use anecdotal studies so they'll do studies of like boys and girls and they'll make the boys like dress up like girls and the girls use tr- little toy trucks and they'll show that the girls will eventually start using the toy trucks or whatever. Some stupid ass study like that that completely just is just a very propped up anecdotal non-temporal study that just shows some little tiny flaw, like some little tiny edge in the hard science work. Right. But that doesn't mean that's people who deny client climate change have more evidence <laughs> than the people who, t- who deny there's only two genders. Because like, it's just like the people who deny climate change. So it gets really cold. They go like, ah, where'd, war- where'd global warming go? It's just the coldest winter ever. <laughs> right, right. And you're like, okay, it is freezing outside. So maybe they're right. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, yeah. And it's, I think it's just someone that wants to appear diplomatic. Like people are flawed and people are total hypocrites. Like you'll always meet the guy who like developed the theory of black holes. <laughs> and he's like, so we know for a fact that the universe expanded from this one event yeah. and uh and then he's like but i'm also a practicing christian yes. and you're like okay well you actually can't be both because 
the whole point of being like a fundamentalist practicing Christian is that you think Jesus, you know, uh, God created the world and all this shit. So you just can't be both. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> you can't think both things that are the opposite. That's my whole theory. And be about right about both. Of them. My whole theory about Stephen Hawking is you just made all this shit up. Right. Oh, but he did. He like, needed material. But it was so like out there. It was so out there and so intense that like no one could actually debunk it because it would just would have been too much work. And plus, you would have been hated in the scientific community for taking on the guy in the wheelchair with ALS. He spent <laughs> half his career. Um, <laughs> he spent half his career arguing one thing. Then he just changed his mind. Spent the last uh, the, the latter part arguing the opposite. He's like, yeah, I think I worked something out. It's like, no, you didn't. You had nothing else. And writing books to prove writing books with his mind. Well, but here's the thing. I think all, I mean, all science, even the hard sciences will be debunked at some point, right? As we progress, like the hard sciences of 200 years ago have almost entirely been debunked by the hard sciences of today. So, like, everything that scientists thought 200 years ago has proven to be basically wrong. We have new science, scientific evidence to show, like, where bacteria comes from, all sorts of things they had no access to 200 years ago. Yeah, but we still have, like, until... I don't know, around the turn of the century. I don't know exactly when, but, you know, we had fairly decent peer reviews and the scientific process was respected to where, like, so a soft science back then was like, okay, so you stab a guy, uh, put the medicine on the knife yeah. to heal him. And you're like, what, what are you doing? Like, uh, just eat a bunch of leeches right. or some shit. And you're like, okay. So that was like what, <laughs> that's the equivalent of a soft science. But I mean, today. we'll learn, we'll learn as science moves along. You learn a lot more. You'll debunk more. I mean, whatever it is in, in, in gender sciences and climate in any in, in medicine, like everything they tell you to do in medicine now, like versus everything that's healthy for you now will be unhealthy <laughs> like 50 years later. Like I remember as a kid, I had to eat a lot of like liver, I had to eat fucking tons of liver. And then they, five years later, even said, like, all the nutritional studies out or whatever said, like, yeah, by the way, liver's going to kill you. Like, <laughs> you're going to die from cholesterol. And now, by the way, there's a study saying cholesterol doesn't matter at all. Um, so those things change in fluid. So I'm not saying that, like, in 100 years from now, 50 years from now, there might not be scientific, hard scientific evidence to show that there's mul more than two genders or multiple genders or that people can be born the wrong gender. That may come about, but you have to use the current science of today you can't use the science of tomorrow, what doesn't exist yet, to back your argument. This seems like this seems like the ultimate social. What the social construct is, is that there is more than two. That gender is a fluid process, and you can choose your gender based on, you know, what your what your personal preferences are. Yeah, and the, and you're choosing it now w with the terminology like it's accolades, like it, it's yes. like how a general has certain patches yes. on his on his little jacket, like. Um, and it used, you know, I remember uh, when I was in college, I was tutoring um, high school students, and this one girl claimed that she uh, was a, a drug, an addict, and so she was in, she was uh, going to rehab, or she just got back from rehab, and she didn't want to have a relapse, and uh, so I was just helping her with her uh, math. But I go, what happened? She's like, I drank once, and it was just cool <laughs> to be in rehab, like yes. that's a status thing, you know, like it. It gives it separates you from the rest of the people. It's like a war wound, is what you're saying. That you get attention. Maybe it's also you know my parents can afford to send me to rehab. I mean, who knows? But you know, no one wants to be left out. So if if, if everyone at the party is gender fluid, and you <laughs> want to hang out with especially the chicks who are sexually fluid or what? <laughs> this is all you know. It's Sex all a sort sexually of fluid. I'll go thing. for gender fluid. So this whole this debate came up because there's a big piece in the UK about the school and what I call for better or worse, the Santa Barbara area of England, which is like the sort of upscale, 
white well it's, well not england's not a white london's not but outside london england's pretty white white upscale progress very progressive hipster area of london in essex and there's a school there and it's the hip high school in the hip area so imagine it's like santa barbara high or <laughs> williamsburg brooklyn high or whatever you want to whatever you want to do and then the rates of people of the kids who are like 12 to 17 claiming gender dysphoria have gone up 700 percent in the last few years um there's forty kid. There's now forty kids in the school that are claiming that they are gender, uh, gender transgender, that they're in the wrong, they're, they're wrong, the wrong sex, and another twenty nine who claim they're gender fluid, which are allowed. I mean, when they claim it, I mean they actually signal it on paperwork that they're gender fluid because you're allowed to put it on paperwork. So you got sixty nine like transgender, gender fluid students in this school population of like a few hundreds <laughs> who are all claiming this numbers. And at the same time, and they're, they're trying to figure out, like, why is this happening? And then they found out there's all these counseling services and all these uh, 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 government-funded, like, uh, groups in the area that go to these schools and tell the kids about how if you're unhappy or you're psychologically down or you're depressed or you're not feeling right in your body, which I think every prepubescent kid isn't, <laughs> that this is quite the possibility of a sign of gender dysphoria. The WPATH standards of care differentiate between counseling and then going in for an assessment. The assessment has to do with if you need a therapist to write you a letter for hormone therapy or for surgeries. And then there's counseling. So you don't have to go in for counseling if that's not what you feel like you need and all you need is a letter from a therapist to help you get hormone therapy and surgeries. And so you add, you add this like adult influence and then the social media videos and influencers who are transgender they're all cool they have a million followers talking about their shit so you add this all up and these kids between the cool factor and just being confused 13 14 year olds sexually confused 13 14 year olds or depressed at home for whatever reason they're all signing up with the nhs in england or do, or do you want sympathy and or attention yeah but it's a whole like perfect perfect storm of this shit so like you know i mean i think it used to be like okay you're 14 you feel like shit you're depressed you're uncomfortable, sexually awkward or uncomfortable. You don't like your gender. You don't like being a traditional male or traditional female, even though you were born that way. And all the cool kids, it's like, I, to me, this is like vaping. This is like the biological version of vaping. Like, kids are only vaping because it's cool in high school. There's no other reason to actually vape. Uh, and and, like, and there, now there's a whole YouTube videos of like kids, cool kids vaping. It's like a big thing on YouTube. Mm. But they do smoke rings. They do all this other shit. Like, it's the cool thing. So... There's a 700% increase in this thing in the last five years. And the scary part is, unlike your goth kids <laughs> or, I, well, maybe the rehab is a little more like this, these kids are actually starting a process of transgender process. So they're actually like, you know, in England, it's almost impossible to get actual surgery, <laughs> surgery hormones because it's government-run healthcare. So they don't just hand it out to you when you come in the front door. But they start you in counseling services, and you start getting labeled as transgender, gender dysphoric. The government, the healthcare, uh, National Healthcare of England recognizes gender dysphoria, and there are multiple genders for some reason, even though they're the science outlet and there's no science behind it. Well, if you're 14, so I, I kind of just realized this or had this idea, but gender dysphoria and sexual fluidity, these are all more or less ways of saying you're confused, especially with yes. gender dysphoria. Unhappy. Like, you're unhappy. Yeah. Well, if I if I walked into uh, you know a nurse's office in England and said, I don't know, I'm confused whether or not um, I'm a man or a woman, 
they'd say, okay, it's it's confusion is part of this process. But what I'm getting at is kids are really fucking confused about everything. Yes. So if you're going to bring to them something that allows them to overthink it and and literally is saying, like, are you confused about this? Yes. Like, the answer might be yes. Yeah. As a po- Well, the science would say, like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe one in 300 of you, maybe one kid in this high school actually has this condition if it you know it is tra- is legitimately transgender or may qualify one day to become the opposite sex but we have 70 kids signing up for this process that maybe what we're pushing is not so i mean they're le- legitimately coming at these are people of science medical people of, uh, of science coming at this from a perspective like oh yeah you know instead of having one we could have 70 there's no reason why we couldn't have 70 kids who are gender dysphoric all of a sudden. Yeah, it's not like a cluster of leukemia. Pa- like, <laughs> no, it's like no. a super fun site of uh, gender neutral kids. No, it's like I equate almost I use Santa Barbara as a reference because that's the the single greatest point of anti-vaxxers in the country as well. It's like 40 percent at their at their schools. Right. It's like it's just it's, it's this wealthy, suburban, white, hipster area where they've just decided science doesn't necessarily need to apply and then it's sort of like whatever if you're unhappy which by the way is a normal human condition <laughs> if you're unhappy there's something wrong disease wise there's something medically it's wrong like with you if you're unhappy scientific explanation yes beyond like puberty or depression beyond or the fact that your parents are divorced your dad's doesn't like is cheating on your mom or that you're not good at sports or that you can't get girls or that you just feel fucking awkward and don't belong or that you don't have friends at school or all these things are like where people would say like, well, my day they'd say, suck it, suck it the fuck up and shut up. <laughs> but maybe later on they'd say like, well, why don't you try joining fucking woodworking or why don't you try joining this team? They'd counsel you into doing something positive. Now they're counseling you to the fact that like you're probably suffering from gender dysphoria. And then you're like, oh, God, that's why I'm so unhappy. If I just become a girl or become a boy. This yeah. will be taken. This will be taken care well, of. Well, I mean, apart from like making everyone a victim and and fostering that whole mentality, um, what does it really matter? So there's going to be less less kids fucking and people wearing stupid clothes. Well, I, here's what I think it does matter because if you go through a goth period or a punk period in high school or even a pot period or something else like that, ten years later it will not have affected you, right? That's nothing. That's just embarrassing photos from your past. Uh, on Facebook, <laughs> your friends are tagging you in. <laughs> but if you actually go through, uh, start going through counseling, let alone in the U.S., where people, these kids like eight, nine, ten are starting hormone treatments. Yeah, which is obviously that fu- obviously that has a long term effect. That has a long term effect on you that you never recover from. Um, I mean, think about all the kids who like for years were gay, maybe secretly gay, and that affected them, or they were molested as kids, and that affected them. This is some hardcore consequences. Even just the counseling alone, I think, would fuck you up for life. Even being told that you are a boy who should be a girl by your doctor for many years and, and being in a, in a support group and going to the, the nurses and them telling you the same thing, I think that would fuck you up for life. I think I, it, it couldn't hurt. I guess he, here's where we're at a disconnect. I'm having a hard time believing that 90% of these kids are taking this seriously. You think so? I'm just having well, a hard time believing it. I mean, when I was in high school and they brought in the career lady, yeah, no one <laughs> took it seriously. And they said, what do you want to be? When, you, when they brought in 
anyone. You think it's just no one took it. We didn't take anything the teacher said seriously. We didn't take anything the police said seriously. So you think it's just got this is just analogous to goth to going goth in high school. I I would not picture. It's a way to start wearing lipstick it's, as a boy. It's a way to get out of class for a period to go to so. talk to some <laughs> about counseling and get, you know. I don't know. I mean, look. So look, anti-vaxxers. Obviously, that has a big. That has a real epidemi- epidemiological impact. Yes. Because now we have whooping cough and TB and measles. German measles are back. So there's actually a real cost to like ha- believing in this fake science on behalf of your kids or your kids believing it as well. There actually is some effort. I think some kids get fucked up in this process. Uh, in, in England, of course, the NHS has a very limited resource budget for their healthcare costs in Canada as well. So they can't, even though they're very progressive and want to be very supportive, they can't pay for anything. <laughs> so no one can actually get anything done until they're later, later in life because it's like a 10-year waiting, waiting list to get any sort of transgender operation because they just don't pay. You'd have to go fly yourself to Sweden like they used to do and pay you know, 80 grand or 100 grand to go do it because um, England won't pay for it. I would almost think you'd be ta- like if you're feeling that way and you go and talk to some dumb bureaucrat, uh, you know, who has no idea what they're doing. That would almost like talk you out of it in a way. <laughs> but like, so? I think kids now actually like aren't as hostile as they used to be. Uh, not at these schools are not. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you wouldn't if this was if this was the hood. I'm guessing even in England and London and the fucking areas where all the stabbing attacks are taking place. And certainly in the large, larger Islamic populations, I bet there's not a lot of talk of gender dysphoria at the school. No, <laughs> there's not even gay. They don't even have gay clubs at those schools because they get beaten. So this is like a a, a rich, progressive, white kid, <laughs> white kid made up thing. But what scares me is how now. So when it becomes like declared, it's politically correct. Then you fill it in with fake science behind it. So then you start getting like research grants. So all these these organizations that are talking to these kids at the schools about gender dysphoria, they're all funded by taxpayer funded. So you have to do that in an area to be politically popular. You have to support this idea that, oh, yeah, all these kids could be uh, born the wrong sex and just completely deny. This is no different than the evolutionists. I mean, than the creationists in the South. Right. This right. is really no different than that saying like. Than Judge Roy Moore putting the Ten Commandments out or, or saying or that the Bible needs to be taught in class. Or like anti-climate change people. Um, you know, like when you allow pseudoscience or, or soft science to influence, you know, real science and real policy. At a public school, you know, at a, pu- at a government-run school. That's not like a, a weird private school. This is a public school that we're talking about. But it happens, yeah. But it happens in this country yes, all it the does. time. It does. Uh, but they, I think it's we 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 mock the fucking shit out of it. Like, <laughs> like when they're burning when they're burning like uh, uh you know books like in Texas and like the school board's burning books. I think outside of that area, we all agree that it's fucking horrible and ridiculous. When they're literally burning, you know, Fahrenheit four fifty one, like literally as too dangerous. Uh, <laughs> we all get the joke of how dumb, and that's how the Southerners get their get their reputation. Um, so I think it's fine as long as we make, as long as we all continue to make fun of these people at the school in England. Yeah, then it's okay. But the idea that the government is actually filling the science in behind this to support a, basically a social political view, and then developing science behind it, which isn't really valid science, just to say it's 
cool. It's cool. Yeah, and the progressive people are supposed to be the people who believe in the real science. Yes. So now you have the anti-science people yes. on one side and the anti-science people on the other side. <laughs> yes. And like three scientists are left. And they're the loudest and they contribute the most and, and, and they have the most political influence so they start end up controlling policy. Yeah. And all the people in Nebraska get Hi, Matt. I know, uh, I think Lena Dunham was the uh, first celebrity dream girl you had. <laughs> Did you ever see, have you ever seen an episode of Girls before? Uh, I watched a few, I, I watched half of one episode. Really? I didn't get it. I thought it was boring. And I watched uh, Brian Williams' daughter get her ass eaten out. Oh, yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah. I'll give her that. She's, she was mild. She was, I think, the most attractive of all the unattractive girls in the show. I didn't, I didn't understand what I was watching. <laughs> yes. It was... I, I wanted to watch it and give it a, a chance because yeah. I actually heard it was funny. So I put it on and uh, it was just like a static scene of these girls like sitting around and nothing was happening. And they were complaining about like he didn't text me back. It, it was like a super lame sex in the city. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought I, I tried to look at it as a, as like sort of a Jack Kerouac in the 60s. That time and place for those guys on the road. Versus these girls in New York, like in their 20s. And it didn't work. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good analogy, but those guys were doing interesting things. To you, they were doing interesting things. So no, maybe to like Manhattanite girls. Objectively, <laughs> yes. wrangling cattle, yes. designing rocket ships. Uh, you know, those are more interesting things. But than, I mean, I think they're t- sitting around talking about Facebook and <laughs> a movie about dressmaking. But I think what they're trying to capture is a time and place in Upper West Side Manhattan for girls that are, uh, you know, I'm uh, now I'm going to before I tell you, I hated it. I'm telling you what I think the point is, like sexually progressive, uh, very evolved. This is like life. Yeah. Like you said, the anti sex in the city because they're not all pretty in but the no fashion one's drawn to that. No, it turned out it was the lowest rated show on HBO. People are drawn to. But they felt like I think I think people at HBO and Judd Apatow who produced it felt like they were doing something important because they're letting a strong female feminist voice create a show. Every few years they come with this idea that women are going to make porn and that women (laughs) will be on the porn. (laughs) And then it never it never. And there was a success story of some woman who's making porn for women. And then you look at the numbers and she's doing like one tenth of one percent of what the male, what the vivid is doing. Right. Yeah. It just says or the we, we did the lingerie for for fat women. There was that company like we're going to make a lingerie for fat women. And they're doing they're doing like one minuscule percent of what Victoria's Secret is doing, making tiny thongs. Yeah. It always fizzles out. It's always the puff piece. They're not on Shark Tank. Like, I'm sorry. What's no. your uh, overhead yeah. on this? Yeah. How do I you mean, girls must have lost. I assume it lost money. And they gave Lena Dunham a second show. Uh, it was on Netflix thing called Camping. And that was a big fa- that was with Jennifer Garner. That was a big fail. Is that off already? Or I don't think they renewed it. They made the eight episodes or so. And that was again about white, annoying, obnoxious, chatty white people going into invi- fish out of water because they're going to be camping. I didn't even hear anyone talk about that. And now that you mention it, yes. I I saw an enormous billboard for yeah. it on Sunset Boulevard, which must have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I I've never heard one person say, tweet, mention. No one gives a fuck. There's always been these people, like they always from New York, who get like many, many ch- bites of the apple. How do like, I get all these? How do I get the gig where I get to do whatever I want? Yes, and uh, no one cares, and I think it's important, and I get paid. I don't know. By the way, there aren't that many of them, unless it's like somebody's son. 
she, I think she got well. She is from a wealthy, fa- a wealthy, connected family. But I mean, I think it's just like you got to be in that social circle in New York. There's always every like ten years, there's another person who seems to be from New York who gets like way too many bites of the apple of like TV shows <laughs> or movies, yeah, yeah. and they make a series of films or TV shows that are completely forgotten. But at the time, they're considered like very hip and avant-garde and whatever else it is. I'm not talking about like artsy stuff. I'm talking about like mainstream films that really they get released from like you know studios or networks. Well, like Paulie shorted that for a while. Yeah, well, at least his was like dumb. <laughs> his was intentionally <laughs> dumb. It's always a New Yorker making films about or TV shows about New York. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or sometimes it's L.A. now once in a while. And it's about their microcosm of their cultural world, their little small little bubble. It's like the, uh, yeah. Who's the, who the, the, uh, the girl that directed um, the Bill Murray movie in Japan? Sorry. Yeah, yeah Cop- Sofia Coppola. Like, yeah. Yeah. Type of shit. She makes the same movies about girls that are lost in their wonder years and, they, you know, sort of in a dreamy state. It's always they're always the same. She did the Virgin Suicides. They weren't bad movies. They're just like it's always you can tell the person hasn't experienced much outside of their own life. Yes. Outside of their own environment. I always feel like ri- uh, I, I remember when I lived back east, they're always the rich girls like from the wealthy families who are they're always documentarians. Mm, they yeah, always yeah. do documentaries. But at least they would go to like the water crisis in like Uganda and they would like film like the fucking shit pits in Uganda. They come back and win all these awards and stuff. I thought at least they're doing something socially conscious. <laughs> like at least they're going to like fucking Irkutsk and seeing like female genital mutilation or something. They're doing something right. And they win all these accolades and awards and their dad pays for the pays, you know, the $600,000 to fund the movie or whatever. But when you're just doing a fucking like social scenes in, in Manhattan kind of shit, it's like, yeah, you know, I don't give a shit about that. So that's leaned it down onto me. And also obviously fat, disturbingly fat, gross and naked. <laughs> so we had covered covered in tattoos and she she's just the worst she wallows i mean i don't understand her point of view which is like i'm going to show you how disturbing i am and that's going to be in your face feminism like you're gonna have to deal with me as a naked unattractive heavyset woman sitting on a toilet taking a dump right. and i'm going to force you to accept this as a visual image and, and challenge your sexual your sexual uh whatever it may be well that's how those type of chicks act in real life though oh yeah they gotta be horrible they act like huge assholes so here's the thing with lena dunham so now she has so lena dunham uh of course did her memoirs in her late 20s and then she had to write about how she diddled her little sister she had to write like stuff she's smart these people are smart enough to know what they put into to get publicity like i don't know if she fucking touched her five-year-old sister or not she just probably wrote that as like some sort of like publicity thing or intellectual challenge to herself by the way she's an oberlin girl i don't know if you know oberlin girls or not but oberlin's that super liberal progressive uh, performing arts school i think it's in ohio yeah and it's like basically for rich drama kids to go to and i can't imagine how fucking insufferable that place that place must be (laughs) i had a quaker cousin that went there but she's actually majoring in some kind of science really hard science yeah i mean it's you have to be do well in high school to get in there it's not like a completely fake school but it is definitely for like the gender dysphoric the gender dysphoric gay performing arts super super progressive if you recall she made up there was one like one republican on campus uh, uh, and the entire oberlin and so lena dunham wrote a story about being sexually assaulted and used like a variation of his name of his name in her in her sexual assault like a fiction piece. You know? right. <laughs> Poor guy. Imagine being the one Republican in Oberlin. Um, so she's just. I mean, I think everyone's like, it's the kind of thing where everyone hates her. Ninety nine percent of people hate her, and then there's a the whole re- pushback of like, if you hate her, it's because you're you're lame, whatever. 
So now she's not done, not been successful anymore in in providing content to the entertainment community. So to stay relevant, she seems to be adopting a lot of diseases. <laughs> so you know, it's always going back and saying like, I was first of all, I'm, I'm I was on drugs from surgery. Oxy, oxy is a big thing right now. Um, she had endometriosis, which is the the issues with the female reproductive organs. And seemingly against all modern medicine suggestions, had her entire had an entire hysterectomy done, at like thirty one. At thirty one, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how that. Works. I mean, it's, it, the, the the consensus seems to be that's a rather aggressive. Remember Angelina Jolie cut off her breasts yeah. before she had cancer because she knew it was coming in a few years. Uh, but at least she had that she had that genetic marker where she had like a forty percent chance of getting breast cancer, fifty percent, and her mom had it and died from it. I get that. Lena Dunham just had all her lady parts ripped out. Which, again, I always feel suspicious, like on airplanes, when like the activists are always the one, the activist bloggers are always the one who are thrown off planes, or the the, the the you know the the civil rights activist bloggers are the ones who have civil rights encounters, like in real in the real world, yeah, convenient to their jobs. Her job is a feminist, female, sort of off-putting woman, and what happens to her? She gets a disease where she has to have a hysterectomy. Well, like, I still maintain that if the young and the restless can uh, stage a fairly believable hospital room. <laughs> yes. I don't know how difficult it is to throw on a gown really? and mock up uh, an x-ray showing your ovaries or whatever. The, sel- the selfie. Oh, by the <laughs> way, so your your, uh, your your beloved Amy Schumer, of course, is pregnant. and She's in the same in the same social circle. And, of course, she had a, a, a near life-threatening uh, mid-pregnancy, a thing that required her to do the, the cap and, and gurney shot from the hospital. Where she's okay, telling people she's okay. Oh, she had to be rushed to the hospital. She had to have a, uh, something done. It's a nausea. It's like a bad. It's is again. These always. If you look them up, they're always legitimate conditions. Mm. But somehow they seem to affect celebrities, especially outspoken female celebrities, more than anybody else by uh, like a thousand percent. Like they, they just can't go to. I mean, you know. So you just mean she she went in for an issue with the pregnancy and she took a selfie of it. She ha- she was hospitalized. But what did they do to her? They gave her fluids. I mean, it was like they gave her fluids and monitored her for 24 hours. Like, and then she announced the condition she has, and then she's going to start a charitable, you know, charitable re- donate to charity research for this condition, which is like I think a fairly common condition women get during pregnancy. But you get you get overly nauseous and some other shit like that. Not beyond morning sickness. I mean, it's there's always some le- there's always some legitimacy in this in the actual diagnoses. But it probably is like, you know, I went to I went to see my doctor and I said, you know, I got my vitamin D test results and they were below like the spectrum or whatever, what your vitamin D is supposed to be. And he told me that 99.2% of the uh, people in this country are below the spectrum of vitamin D. But like that everyone's taking vitamin D as a supplement <laughs> because the entire country is low on it because they just never changed the scale. <laughs> so like everybody is vitamin D deficient in the country. Basically. Yeah, my mom went in to have a cholesterol test and they said, well, we changed the acceptable milligrams from like 60 to 70. So now you have to take this medicine. And yes. She's like, are you fucking insane? Yeah. It's like it's the, I, I have the same problem. Right. And it's not a problem. So like, why am I? It's, it's a I mean, I think I mean, yeah, women have pregnancy issues. I just I'm waiting for the first actual wealthy celebrity woman who actually dies during childbirth or pregnancy. Like. How bad can it be if she like she would get a holiday right? Oh away. my god! I mean, how bad can it be if you if it's just never ever? How bad can illness be if it's never ever killed anybody ever that we know that we know of? Like that's just not a bad one. Um, 
But so Lena Dunham had the endometriosis. She had all her lady parts taken out. And then she's recovering from that. Then she writes about her opioid addiction. And then that seems to die down. So now what comes up? Fibromyalgia, mm. which you only see on commercials uh, uh, during the middle of the day on, on TV. Sort of a nondescript. Disease. Yes. <laughs> kind of uh, pain. You get pain. You get aching pains in your in your like sort of your shoulders and your legs, like shooting pains through your body, which I think, you know, again, there's something going on there, obviously, if you're experiencing the pains. Although I, I also I love to read studies. There's another study on back pain, which is how. There's like way, way, way more industry for back pain these days than it was like 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they ascribe it to the fact that when people used to have back pain, they used to tell them just to suck it up and shut up. So like, like people say like my back hurts. are like, yeah, my back hurts too. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. like your back's supposed to hurt. Been working on the longshore all day. Of yeah, your, your back's supposed, actually like, especially as you get older, your back's supposed to hurt. Um, that a lot of these ailments are just the fact that people are living longer and just nowadays are just like going, oh, my back hurts. I need to see a doctor. Whereas like 50 years ago, everybody's back just hurt. And they just went, ow. <laughs> yeah. So she's uh, she's going to have more of these diseases, too, that, you know, it's never like a disease where your uh, your nose starts falling off. Or no, something. it's no. kind of a disease where you could show up in a room and no one can really tell you have the disease until you start talking. about Yes. It. Although you might be able to take like a walking stick, <laughs> like some <laughs> affectation of your ailment, like a cane or something like that. I remember uh, Lady Lady Gaga also has fibromyalgia, and I, I have no reason not to believe her. But she was like in a golden wheelchair at some point, like two or three years ago. She canceled some shows and she tied it around like in a golden golden wheelchair. The only other person I know ever to see in a golden wheelchair was Larry Flint from Hustler. Yeah, <laughs> an actual golden wheelchair. Uh, but here's my theory now, and so she's grown in popularity again as her as her popularity has ebbed from her shitty content. She's grown in popularity from her diseases, which I now believe is like a female version of a dick measuring contest, which is how many ailments. Because these, you remember we talked about like Jessica Biel talking about how she's raising one or two children with Justin Timberlake, got the working mom, how exhausted I am, or Serena Williams, I almost died during childbirth. Like, it doesn't matter if these rich ladies are like sort of making shit up. There's a instinctive response from other women to feel sympathy towards them. And to like them. Yeah, it's like this really far removed like battle scar culture. <laughs> yes. Which is like if you were a, uh, a warrior, you know, if you're in Braveheart uh, fighting against the English and I don't know, you have like 10 near misses on your face. You have the 10 scars. Uh, then, you know, that signifies that, uh, you know, you almost were killed that many. Or if you have this many scalps as an Indian, it, you know, it shows that you killed this many you get people. more feathers. And this is like, well, here's my Instagram. Here's me with this disease. Yes. This disease here. I have the chronic back pain, the fibromyalgia. Like, it's the same concept, I guess, just incredibly far removed from any usefulness. But it's probably the same way to same way of expressing your your. I guess being sick now is it's, like it's, the equivalent of accomplishing something. Well, I think it's also like you get you don't, the attention these, either way. These are, these are ladies who don't have real issue, other issues in their lives. They're not working, real working moms. They're not destitute. They're not trying to make rent. They're not suffering. They're most they're white, so they're not suffering racial oppression anywhere. They're not having to have Cindy Hyde Smith as their senator. They're not having abortion outlawed in their city. They're not like. Uh, generally being assaulted or living in dangerous walk-ups where they might be mugged. So what is their what is their oppression? They have to find oppression. So you know, one area is Trump and and the things he's doing to women, or this horrible guy. And another area is just fucking diseases or like women. And it's always got to be a female-focused thing, like the pregnancy or the 
you know, the female hysterectomy or something like that, that other women just instinctively, I think, you know, like when you hear about a guy losing a ball, a testicle, you're like, ooh, you're like, ah. But this is just a di- this is like just du- this to me is like dudes doing fucking bicep curls at the gym like dudes with big muscles. This is just and the other guys are like oh wow look at that guy doing the ninety pound dumbbell. Yeah, like, it is. It's like a totally perverted dick waving contest. Yeah, where like what is your actual ach- what is your actual achievement? Now it's, if you have a d- real disease or even you know a modest disease that sucks obviously. But that's not in and of itself an accompl- that's not an accomplishment. Yeah, if we're worshiping the people who are going to live the least long in theory <laughs> well, yeah, that's like if, if we're just worshiping the people that are the sickest yeah that's that's kind of come full circle from kind of how we evolved as people right yeah and again i think by the way the people that worship this are the in the same demographic category these people i just don't think like the hispanic woman working the fields in iowa is going oh poor lena dunn <laughs> okay oh, last lena dunham has fibromyalgia ladies are the lettuce pickers Lena Dunham has fibromyalgia. <laughs> we must send her our quarters, our extra quarters we find. I don't think so either. It, it, you know, it did occur to me, and I, this I'm not saying I believe to be true, but it occurred to me the uh, c- congressman, gentleman who had his eye blown off in the yes, war, yes. whose name I'm now escaping, um, what's up with his eye patch? I tried <laughs> yes. looking it up. Yeah, it's A, the weirdest looking eye patch <laughs> I've ever seen. And I, I'm like, is there not? A, and it's like has a shade on it. Yeah, I didn't quite understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm just patch. like, is there not a better way to? Well, so like, apparently is he signifying like, I is he doing a version of this? Well, so what I read about his actual injury was that it's actually beyond the eyeball itself. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of disfigurement around the eye. That if you put just like some guys put like the glass eye in or the fake eye in, right? It would look gross. His eye would look really gross because the bone it's structure like the tissue all, around it. yeah the bone was all fucked up and everything like that so it would look really disturbing to people okay so i think he needs to cover it with something i guess you have an option of wearing giant glasses like stevie wonder glasses or something well that would be but that would only be one but you have to have stevie wonder glasses like one eye stevie wonder glasses because one eye works so i agree with you the patch is a is an odd thing i mean it was sad that pete davidson picked that as the most obvious <laughs> most obvious joke but right. considering how he lost the eye, didn't lose it like in a beer pong contest. I mean, no, I'm not like I'm not trying to be Pete Davidson. I but was I don't, you don't see you don't see guys you don't do not see guys with eye patches around. Well, and just like I don't know much about eye patches, but <laughs> it's that's why his joke isn't even that great because I'm looking at the eye patch like this is an incredibly sophisticated yeah. uh, piece of equipment here. I oh, think it's like bionic. You think he has? Well, like it's a, like hanging at a certain angle. It's yeah. not like a Halloween eye patch. No, no, no. It's not like the, I had to wear an eye patch when I was like three years old for my eye, and I had I had to suffer all the pirate jokes for about six <laughs> months. Six months. I'm still still tortured by it. It was that was just a. Uh, like a stick on sticky eye patch that like hell a rip off. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's every reason to hate Lena Dunham. And so I, anytime you write about her now, everyone just writes, this is a sick woman with serious illnesses and you cannot mock her. Even though I think her whole point is that she wants to be mocked to prove that you're le- a lesser person. Than she is. I don't, I don't understand that, that, that stick is so convoluted that I don't think unless you live within a 30 block area of the upper West side of Manhattan, you could possibly even understand what she's going for in terms of her public art. I think it's just you're so self, you're so into yourself, and and you've gotten credit for doing things that aren't that that great. You've it's it's almost like I'm sick. Take care of me, like yeah, uh, like I have a slight cough. 
like everyone crowd around and like and fan me and bring me uh you know some Kentucky Fried Chicken and soup and uh, some yes. orange juice and whatever. Like I I almost feel like it's, it's just like I was a wallowing in <laughs> in your own shit. You know, it's that, it's that weirdness I feel when like everyone surrounds a punter after a great punt. <laughs> like your job is so lame. You clearly have the lamest job in the entire operation. And then you kick a great punt. Everyone comes and high fives you that one time during the game or whatever. I'm like, no, the punter should never get recognition. The world is not correct. The, wor- the natural order is upset when the punter or a kicker is lifted on the shoulders of the bigger, play- the real athletes. Like the 44-year-old Swedish guy with the mustache gets lifted on the shoulder of the real athletes. That's when the world, to me, is completely upset. I don't understand. That should never happen. This, I mean, I think a more apt analogy is the punter punts the ball backwards. <laughs> Everyone boos him. Yes. And then uh, there's one guy that gives him a, a thumbs up, and then he takes a photo with that guy <laughs> and posts it on his Twitter feed. You may, you may be right about that. <laughs> Matt, you uh, took the uh, Black Friday time, holiday t- shopping time to uh, watch uh, GMC truck commercials. <laughs> Actually, by the way, uh, you should go to mattrawson.net. I thought that was one of your funniest pieces ever because I could sense your anger in it. <laughs> there was a clear, uh, I don't know, was it miso- is it misogynist is the exact word? It's hard to tell because you're making fun of beta ma- women, obviously, modern women who are controlling their men, but also the men who let themselves be controlled, the beta males. Soy boy is my new favorite term. <laughs> <laughs> Soy boy is funny. Soy boy is great because it really evokes an image of a guy with like breasts from eating like, you know. What if tofu? the guy's Asian, though? I don't know. Then you <laughs> call know. him soy boy. Uh, it, to me, it really evokes the image of a guy eating like a vegan guy, like it, with the fedora hat on. That, I love that image. I like soy boy. Uh, but there's a GMC ad that you took, took offense to, one of those uh, commercials where people, uh, young couples somehow buy each other brand new cars. <laughs> for the for the for the holidays, it's one of those. You know how you see like, anytime you watch TV, you see like ten offensive commercials. Yes, and I don't even watch that many commercials. You know, you mostly fast forward them. And football during football. Yeah, you know, during you. yeah, I just saw them during basketball and this, and you you just ignore most of them because I'll be talking to someone, I'll be like, "Do you see that fucking commercial?" I was like, "What? No, like, what are you talking <laughs> about?" But there's this one that just kept coming on, and it's yeah, it's this guy, it's this yuppie couple, kind of like. A futuristic-looking, super thin guy, <laughs> super rich-looking future guy, and um, a guy who works maybe in tech. Yeah, yeah, like a very tech guy, and his wife, who's just a cute, normal-looking chick, not like doesn't match him. Yes, she's just kind of a feisty, not sexual at all, not, not sexual. sexy, attractive but not it's sexy. Tilda Swin- is, like you would think. To match this guy, if you haven't seen the commercial, he'd be dating like a Tilda Swinton or yes. like sort of an androgynous model. <laughs> yeah. But this is more just girl next door. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Garner type. Yeah. So she comes into the to their kitchen in their nice in their nice modern house, modernist. Uh, and uh, she's like, hey, I got us both Black Friday presents. A house that, by the way, in L.A. would run you about three to four million. Oh, yeah. These people are incredibly loaded. Uh and, and miserable. Yeah. The, neither of them are smiling. Yeah. They're buying each other Black Friday presents, which, d- I mean, just that's cringeworthy right there. Got a great Black Friday deal. One for you, one for me. Oh, I love it. I got us a little something, too. One for you. And one for me. I love it. Oh, actually, that was supposed to be for me. I love it. And I love that you love I it. I love it. I like red. 
because it's that's not even a holiday. No, nobody does that. Like, <laughs> absolutely nobody does that. So she gets some matching Fitbits, matching you know exercise monitors, and he's like, I got us something too, <laughs> and they go out in the driveway, and he bought them both brand new fifty thousand dollar GMCs. Difference being. One's a red SUV, which is obviously the, the, the gag is that one's for her the lady. And then he bought himself a big gray manly truck, manly stone color truck for himself. And uh, she's like, I want the truck. And he's like, no, but I thought you and she's like, it's mine. I want it. I want it. I'm, I'm keep. And then and that's the end of the commercial. It's like, ha, it's like, bitch. He yes. just bought you a fucking brand new SUV. Yes. And you know which one is for you. You bought two Fitbits, yeah, which cost a, a hundred bucks at the most. He just spent one hundred and twenty grand on cars, and you're gonna make him drive the red car that he doesn't want. The red SUV, because you just decided <laughs> in this spur of the moment that all of a sudden you like black trucks when you've never mentioned that before. <laughs> you're a fucking cunt. Yeah, you're like a terrible person. The, the most mysterious part about that that specific commercial is I have no idea who that appeals to. Like I don't know what. What it, it, they spent a lot of money on the commercial, and they spent a lot of money buying the media time for it. I don't understand how who that appeals to to buy a GMC truck or SUV, because both people in the commercial look fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, and by the way, no, this is a completely unreal situation. Nobody buys. I feel no one buy outside of like, you know, I don't know, an NBA player, Tristan Thompson. No one buys their lady a, a fucking car for Christmas. Yeah, if they were like, it was a Saudi sheik, <laughs> yes. and they went out, he's like, I bought us two matching cars, and then he like mur murders her and fucking yeah. gang rapes a bunch of chicks. And like, be like, okay, those are the types of people that buy two new cars <laughs> yeah. for no like, reason. They had two brand new $60,000 <laughs> cars, put bows on the thing. Like, where their other cars go? <laughs> you gotta be, first of all, you gotta be loaded. Second of all, if this was a modern woman, it's a very anachronistic, because like, yeah, maybe in the 50s, like the guy would, get his wife her car her first car like a, like a second car for the family and buy the wife like the very practical station wagon mm -hmm. because you can now you can take the kids around the wagon or whatever like what kind of guy buys his wife a car and what kind of woman would allow her husband to buy the car she's going to drive for the next five five years without seeing without seeing it or picking it out or like that that's no, there's no woman like that yeah because if they were in the market for a car especially her yes she would do this about 10 times is how long it would take for me to get it i like kelly's car yeah you know how she has that car that uh, that red suv yeah or when you're driving down the street like i kind of want one of those like that's what she would do like <laughs> What, they live in the mountains. Was yeah. she just stranded in the house for the last six months? No. And then the guy, of course, looks like a beta male because he goes out and spends all his money on gifts, matching gifts for them, which are cars. And then she takes the masculine one and he's left with the more effeminate SUV. And again, I don't that's not a real situation, first of all, because the guy who's at beta male is not going to be buying GMC trucks because you and I discussed before the show. We've never seen anyone but a hyper masculine compensating male drive a GMC truck before outside of people who actually need them for work like gardeners and landscapers and shit construction guys the only people you see like suburbia that are driving those cars are guys compensating for their masculinity so those guys are all fucking hyper masculine there's right. no fucking soy boys buying GMC's quad, quad, quad cab trucks to drive around fucking Silver Lake. That it occurred happen. to me that maybe they thought of that and that's why they made it clear that they live like kind of in Colorado <laughs> where he might actually necessitate the truck. Yeah. Cuz yeah, that guy would just buy a mini like a Cooper or something. So what? So he's like a a, a tech a tech multimillionaire in in Aspen 
and he's decided to buy m- matching GMC trucks yeah. for he and his wife. He's just like, <laughs> is that like the white version of rappers? Like a rapper buying like the Jenner girls, like a, a, for a Maserati or something, laying out a Maserati for their birthday, or for all the like LeBron buying his six best friends like Lamborghinis. <laughs> what what the fuck is that? Who who buys a car, an upscale car for somebody else? I've never even heard of that before. I don't know, just like mem- like rapper, rappers, Illuminati. billionaires, like tech billionaires. I don't. It's like, but again, like who does that? That doesn't appeal to guys. The guy looks like a fucking. Well, doesn't sad it appeal sack. to? So I think what they were trying to signify through their symbiotics or whatever <laughs> is, uh, well, you know, don't let a guy push you around. Or a woman can drive a truck just like a man. It's like, yeah, but he bought you the fucking truck. <laughs> and also, women... But here's the thing. Women don't buy GMC trucks. I mean, there's some diesel lesbians who might, but that's a small percentage of the market. So is it for men who want to be cuckolded by their <laughs> wife? Or? I don't know. That's the thing about those ads. You see, sometimes you see those ads, you're like, who buy... I mean, so now compare this to the Ford. So Ford is running these ads with Brian Cranston. We're like, we make things. We've been making things for 100 years. They basically, without saying the word guy, they're like, we're guys who make shit. They're laying bricks. They're building skyscrapers. There's images of like the 30s with building bridges and guys are driving trucks for construction. And then they're taking the, they're always driving trucks in the desert for some reason, spinning out, <laughs> spinning out the desert to create the cloud dust. That's obviously a hyper masculine drive forward and they have the loud sounding metal sounds and the fucking rivet sounds. <laughs> That's yeah. for guys. I get that. A guy goes, yeah, he's watching football. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to buy a Ford. Yeah. I don't understand the GMC thing at all to appeal to a yuppie couple that doesn't seem to buy GMCs in the first place. I mean, maybe if it was made just for Black Friday because <laughs> women, I would guess women are 80% of the Black Friday shoppers. Oh, probably. If not. But more. are they like impulse buying <laughs> GMCs? <laughs> like the Lexus to remember thing. I get the Lexus to remember thing. Because I think if you're with the bow and stuff like that, I think if you're like, to me, that's a sign that like as a dude, like a, a sort of a modern working professional dude with an e- equal wife, you might at least together go buy a Lexus. Like you're not going to surprise over the fucking Lexus in the thing. Because again, no woman would accept that as her car with a guy buying her the car. But like I can see them going like, honey, I want to get you a Lexus for Christmas this year. You you work, I work, whatever, something like that. That at least makes sense. It's usually a black couple nowadays, by the way, in the commercials. Yeah, that the sort of makes sense. Thing, yeah. But the, the GMC thing was just I, I don't. Sometimes I see a commercial, I just like I don't. It's just I feel well, bad for guys and I don't understand. It's it. a bunch of people at an ad agency spending all like, you know, they are thinking this thing up. And if the commercial makes sense or not. It's not like anyone's really auditing this. No. GMC has a trillion dollars, so they still get paid. Like, and, they, there's and, no these real are, and these are feel-good ads. These aren't responsive ads, so there's no way right. to know if it actually helps sales or not. I always go back. It's always that, uh, is it Wyden Kennedy? There's that major ad agency in Portland, and they did like the Seth Rogen, Amy Schumer Super Bowl commercial, and I, I bet they did this. It's like, I, I was always like these hipster guys, you know, fucking gender dysphoric kids like in, in Portland. And I think like in Portland, all this stuff makes sense. And then nowhere else does it make sense, but they win awards for other shit. Like, oh, another great commercial. I'm like, does this work anywhere outside of outside of the west side of Portland? I don't under, don't understand this. At the vegan coffee shop, you're winning awards, but like, does this sell a single truck? I don't think so. Now we got an email from Devin about Christian missionaries. Uh, we weren't we're not broadcasting last week, so you we were not around when. Jonathan Chow, John Allen Chow, 
a Christian missionary, uh, Asian American, oh. got himself out to the Indian Ocean to an island that's restricted because it contains deadly primitive natives who are not to be touched by law uh, because they live in a, a 600-year-old... Uh, you know, they always find these guys... They always find these people in Brazil in the rainforest who've never been touched by humans before, like the outside world. And, and somehow they're, they're all still smoking cigarettes. <laughs> like when they find them. The, yeah. only, the only thing that's ever breached them is cigarettes. I got like the Sean Kemp jersey from yes. 1998. Yeah, yeah they're, they're <laughs> like they're still shitting like in the river and they're still eating like acorn mash, like the Kumash, like Indians or whatever. But they're like somehow, yeah, they have the, they have the old NBA jerseys and they're smoking Marlboros. <laughs> somehow something made it up the river. So this guy, John Chow, uh, he's a Christian missionary. I guess being a Christian missionary in fucking remote parts of the world is a dangerous job. He took it on. He had a calling from Jesus. And so he's, he's the real deal. He's like a total uh, schizophrenic He's a total lunatic. missionary, like like diehard. Jesus is telling me to go convert people. Like a solo missionary. Yeah. Well, I mean, he belonged to this group of missions. But like, I guess he took it on himself to get himself, bribe fishermen to get him close enough to kayak to this I, remote island in the Indian Ocean where these the only interaction with these pr- this primitive culture has been people who get attacked anytime they go. He's like, it's been too easy not converting anyone yes. who are much more uh, worldly and exposed to outside cultures in these sort of urban areas and, and getting through to no one and being uh, hated and uh, having my life threatened. Uh, so I, I, I yes. got a better idea. Well, I think as a Christian missionary, like, don't you want to almost... It's like a signal to put your life in danger, right? I mean, you're really like putting it out there like you're really for Jesus if you're if you're just sitting in fucking in, in Ohio sending pamphlets out you're not doing shit but if you're in the fucking Indian Ocean going to a primitive illegally going kayaking to a primitive island where they've been known to kill all the last people who went there <laughs> like you're actually you're you're top of the Jesus charts right uh yeah but I'm just saying you could get rejected just in New Delhi yes. and not you know probably not be eaten by cannibals <laughs> Uh, I live. Have you ever had Mormons come to the door before? With yeah. The, yeah. So when I lived in in uh, uh, for a while when I was younger in Scandinavia, the Scandinavians are extremely polite people. They will never turn anyone who comes to their door. It's just a cultural thing. Plus, they've never been invaded by anybody. Uh, they're all just white, happy people. Uh, so when the Mormons come to the door, and the Mormons will come to the door, at this family I live with, the Scandinavian family, I'm like, oh, Mormons, let's fucking like bang the door in their face. They're like, oh no, we can't do that. They invite them in for like 90 minutes. And they have to put lunch out. And the Mormons are just fucking in heaven. Like, if you're a Mormon missionary, go to Scandinavia. <laughs> because they're not, like, just poli- culturally, they're not allowed to slam the door in your face. They have to sit down, discuss your pamphlets. They don't hide? No, they, <laughs> they don't hide. They discuss, like, fucking John Smith or whatever. They d- look at the pamphlets. They discuss, like, the whole thing. And they have to serve a meal. And they do the whole thing. And then they thank them. And I don't think they convert anybody. Uh, but, like, it's a whole pleasant experience. That's the place you want to go. Versus... This, uh, sent, uh, this island in India, in the Indian Ocean, where John Chow went and was promptly murdered by arrows, by bows and arrows, <laughs> by the, the villagers when he arrived there with his, with his Bibles. Well, Which is a great story. That's a great story, by the way. Yeah, it is. It, it is a nice little simple slice of life. I, I like it. And I think most people figured out, like, some missionaries fucking have destroyed the world pretty much, right? I mean, the Christian missionaries came to Latin America... And just fucking led the way for the military invasion of the Spaniards and the Portuguese. Took all the Incans and the Aztecs and converted them to Christianity. All these Indi- native, native South Americans and converted them to Christianity. And then ensued 600 years of shit. 
<laughs> just total absolute fucking horror. Just horror. Yeah. And I'm guessing all, all of this history is lost on Chow. Yes. Who, who all of a sudden, in 2018, without ever almost hearing the word history, has decided we need to uh, yeah. save the savages from themselves. <laughs> yes. So if you're actually, if you're a devout Christian, you probably think all oh, this was really good, a good history. Because you have a billion new uh, uh, Christians in Latin America, <laughs> America than you would have had before. Uh, and maybe now they have uh, indoor plumbing. But everything else kind of went <laughs> everything else kind of went to hell. Uh, but if you really believe Jesus is telling you to do this regardless, I guess you kayak to the fucking island where you know you're like he in his diary. He wrote how he thought he was going to be killed. He was really scared for his life. But he was doing it, which in a way, although what he's doing is fucked up, is kind of noble. He's. Oh, Literally, now he said that. Well, this is just an end of the wild. He's just a masochist, yes. fucking fake. Uh, what do you call it? You know, he's trying to romanticize his own death. And I think everyone is. Everyone's like calling this a tragedy. I think everyone in the story got exactly what they wanted. Yeah. He got to go to the island and be a martyr for Jesus, and the uh, savages got to bow and arrow and probably eat him at the stake, <laughs> eat him alive at the stake, and remind everybody else in the world why there's a restriction for going. To going to their island which yeah by the way might be a reason why it is restricted yes. is because you know when they're eating sago and and just just eating like starch like that you can barely chew <laughs> the, the more aggressive right. you think i get aggressive well the less protein it, that's available the higher instance of cannibalism oh i see what you're saying uh, oh yeah they're, they're, they're definitely eating him the, the indian uh, indians uh, are the closest country i guess and they said the, the missionaries want the group wants them to go retrieve the body, and they're like, "Fuck that! We're not going to get the body." I mean, yeah, they could go in with guns and shit and take everybody out and get the body, but they're like, "No, first of all, he's probably been eaten. <laughs> Second of all, fuck him, fuck well, him. We told him not to go." Yeah, and just again, in terms of history, did you not learn anything? Like, okay, yeah, now we'll come back and start this huge tribal war. Yeah, and then eventually this they'll all be shot. <laughs> yes. What for this guy's fucking dumb body? And they'll put up a, a, a memorial church in his honor in his <laughs> honor. He'll be a saint. He'll be named a saint. Yeah. I don't understand the whole thing. I was kind of happy. I mean, I don't want to be happy if someone died, but I'm kind of happy he was killed. He was kind of happy he was killed. And by the way, I think the natives are really happy when someone every 20 years shows up, they could just bow and arrow to death cuz they probably there's probably not enough of them they can kill each other. They kind of need each other for reproduction. So they probably have to wait for visitors to come to actually practice their their human hunting or human hunting skills yeah it, it's it's like a, a rite of passage and and no one talks about it they don't even talk about it to outsiders because no. then they know you know we'll come in there and try and convert them and shit um like michael rockefeller you know he was in uh the papua new guinea area um essentially looting these people for their uh for their artwork yes for, uh, so he could take it to a museum so he walks up on the shore like, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> guess what? My boat, actually, my giant catamaran. I'm like, dude, you are getting eaten right fucking now. I fucking love that, actually. Now I'm, now I'm really happy. Now someone has to go. Now another missionary has to go retrieve his body. Yeah, I, I, anytime someone goes past the sign that says, don't go past the sign, danger. Uh, I felt a little bad for the kids in, in Thailand. that got stuck in the cave. We went past all the dangerous signs. At least they're kids. Yeah. This is a fully grown. This is a fully grown adult who thinks Jesus is Jesus is speaking. <laughs> Matt, we got an email from Shelley about uh, white privilege, and this is the best kind of white privilege because it's Ellen Pompeo, who, by the way, is I believe now the highest paid. Have you ever seen Grey's Anatomy? I'll ask you that question. No, been on for sixteen years. Believe that. 
No. That show's been on for six. I seasons. didn't know. I've heard of it. I had no idea. It was it's been on, on ABC primetime for sixteen years. It's a Shonda Rhimes show. Um, she's made ton. It just make oodles of money. The network TV audiences are shrinking, so the audience has been shrinking the whole time. But it's a dedicated female purchasing po- consumer purchasing power audience. So the show still makes a lot of money. And Alan Pompeo became the highest paid. She had to, there's all these stories last year when she renegotiated her contract where she had to really find her inner strength to negotiate herself to be the highest paid person in television because you know how hard that is. And she had to, she felt like she needed permission as a woman to ask for $20 million a season to film 15 shows or whatever, whatever it was. And by the way, Shonda Rhimes, the show, the show producer, helped her do her negotiations with the network. It's so like when your boss helps you, <laughs> helps you to get your own pay raise. It really sounds appre- it really sounds horrible and oppressive. Because I think as women, you know, sometimes we're afraid to ask. We're afraid to be vocal. We're taught not to be. They like us quiet, as we've seen from this administration. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's it's really important to encourage each other, encourage other women to stand up and be strong, and know that we will be okay, and we have each other's backs. So is she the titular character, Gray? Uh, yes, she is. So what is Gray's anatomy? Like, does she, is it like her? I think she's. Her, I think her, her name biological is anatomy. Oh well, Gray's anatomy is a um, uh, a famous uh, medical textbook. Oh, so Gray was like a, a early. I think it was last century. Like doctor who did like the first real book on anatomy, oh, and human okay. anatomy dissection and stuff. And so Gray's anatomy is like a book every person in medical school has to read. And I guess her name. The pun is that her name is Gray. Her last name is Gray, so it's Gray's Anatomy. She's a doctor. <laughs> it's fucking not much of a pun, though. Really. No, it's just a doctor show, and, and all these hot doctors were on it, and, and the females. Anyhow, point is, she's now like a, a, a female hero for having got herself $20, $20 million. She got a great yeah, accomplishment. This is fine. So she's at one of these uh, power lunches that they have every day. Women, a female power lunch in Hollywood. Every day there's a fucking female power lunch because nothing says power. Like a like a uh, a wedge salad, <laughs> like ladies getting together for a wedge salad with dressing on the side. What, su- what is a power su- lunch? It's like a bodybuilding thing. <laughs> no, it's like it's a it's a, a luncheon where women and all who, business like a business lunch. Yeah, but it's for for actresses and Holly for women who work in Hollywood. So presumably all millionaires speaking to other women about their how they overcame their uh, overcame obstacles. I mean, it's like a seminar. No, it's just like a fucking est rally. It's like it's just fuck- people that have a lot of free time getting yes, together for lunch to be inspired by the the highest paid actress in Hollywood or the first woman who won an Academy Award for whatever or like the showrunner you know of multiple shows on Netflix or whatever who's a woman. So it'd be like if you and me right now wanted to go down to Rocco's and get drunk. Yes, but we were like, well, we can't really like tweet that out, no, or you should no. you shouldn't just phrase it that way to your wife. We'd have to be like, you know, we're discussing, um, uh, you know, potential uh, yeah, ramifications of the is, arms race. Except it's just politically correct to say I'm going to the Variety Power Luncheon or the the Comerica Power well, what Female I, Female Power Luncheon. What or should the, I start saying when I go out drinking with friends? I, I think we need like a male a power. Di- well, there, for years there was there was this fucking guys that had all these excuses to go out and drink. There was bowling nights. There was drinks, uh, drinks, uh, whatever, drinks for client drinks. There was always like guy stuff before, People right? People have caught on to all this. The fucking Elks Club, the Elks Club, which I, I never went to those. I like, simply just drinking, just drinking <laughs> events. Benevolent protective order of Elks. <laughs> 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 I simply just eat roast beef sandwiches and drink. Uh, I mean, 
golf as a for golf as a for instance the entire sport of golf but no one takes that i don't know power lunch no no this is uh, women can't just enjoy themselves they have to make a serious sounding thing around it right but really ultimately it is and maybe these women have overcome some obstacles like ellen pompeo maybe she can't overcame obstacles but they're all exceedingly privileged wealthy women and so now they have to come up with victim statements they always these these things are about like sharing victim statements and so they're never really true societal victims who are sharing victim statements so now that the women have done so well in Hollywood, and now like she's the highest paid person, and the other person next to her is the, the Shonda Rhimes got a hundred million dollar deal with Netflix to produce shows, and whatever, whatever. What are the women can complain about? Because they're all doing really well, and not the bottom probably, but all the women at the top are doing really well. And so all these women who are speaking about their victimization and oppression are all really in the top one percent of one percent of people in the country, uh, living in mansions with domestic uh, Honduran domestics waiting to come across in the caravan to service their toilets. <laughs> I mean, what are you really going to complain about? So uh, Ellen Pompeo came up with the fact that as a Caucasian, she is upset when she goes to film or TV productions or commercial productions, and the crew does not reflect the diversity of the world that she sees. And she announced that as Caucasians, we have a responsibility to make sure that there is a more diverse crew production crew. Because now that we've made all these advances in above the line, now we're going to make advances in, produ in, produ in production crew. And I contend, and Shelley wrote in this email, there's really nothing more racially obnoxious than declaring yourself, by the way, she used the word Caucasian, a Caucasian who needs to save, <laughs> save the non-Caucasians. I used the word themselves. Caucasian once in a thing, and I was attacked as being like racist for saying, I was just trying to sound it reasonably politically correct right and uh, so yeah you just can't win well you can do it if you make fun of caucasians you can't do it if you're saying in any really any other context you could like go crazy caucasians or something but you can't really use it in the context of anything else but how like how uh, like so like it's like now we as women are having these power lunches but we're doing really well and by the way we're mostly white so let's find this other thing which is victimology which is uh, racism or lack of diversity or inclusiveness in our industry, which is probably semi-real thing. I don't know if it's not. It doesn't affect Ellen Pompeo or the world she sees, which is all well other wealthy Hollywood people. But it's like now this is our mission, and by almost by vicarious connection, I then become oppressed because I'm pointing out the oppression of minorities while myself, I am white as fuck and rich as fuck. I'm now pointing out the oppression of why is why is the carpenter on the set not uh, Hispanic? Why why is there not a Pacific Islander there on my on Grey's Anatomy working in sound department? Why doesn't she just give her role to a black person? Yeah, well that's yeah that's that's not gonna happen. If she's, that's she's really the, twenty million, she's I mean twenty million. How you know in terms of demographics? So she she has no real data. She's just like, well, I show up and like. There's a lot of white people. I think, I mean, you've been on sets before of these, especially these like commercial sets or things like that. It's a lot of white girls, it seems like. Yeah. There's a lot of Caucasian young women. Well, so are like the most like actresses are probably more white than uh, than even actors. In uh, terms probably. Of, if you think, I mean, I can think of Will Smith and, and Samuel uh, L. Jackson. In terms and of A-list actors, you mean. Yeah. And Bla that, uh, black actors and entertainers do, male entertainers do well, though. The female entertainers seem to be more Caucasian, more white. That's what I'm saying. I'm just thinking Anne Hathaway and, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson and, and Jennifer Lawrence. This is a lot more like Viola Davis is getting these leading roles, like in Oscar films and stuff now. But they're not getting the A-list 
action films or the fantasy action films, things like that. I think her point is fairly idiotic. Um, <laughs> because, like, okay, so if she feels guilty. It's like, or, or she, she sees a, a problem here when, the, you know, she doesn't see, like... Uh, this is a new obligation of the nobles, right? That's yeah. how it comes off as the aristocrat, noblesse oblige or whatever, the obligation of the aristocrats to take care of those less fortunate. There's no way to say... I as a Caucasian have a responsibility to non-Caucasians without sounding like the great white devil, <laughs> like the great white savior, I guess, if you will, in her case. Well, what is the responsibility? I mean, if you want to go advocate, if you want to go walk around Watts and, and you know, be like, hey, why don't you join this, the <laughs> fucking grip union? I don't know. Like, go, go up to go, go talk to kids in, in high school who are, are thinking about joining the military because they're poor and tell them, uh, you know, it's not a bad gig to hold a boom mic. I don't know. These are just thoughts that I have on the matter, which I will never follow through on. And I've never would even pretend to think about it. Well, they're all what, what fucking what solution does she have? They're all just so this, go to lunch. There's this new thing now in Hollywood where like the actors are going to say, like, unless there's Latinos working on the set, I'm not going to work on this production. Unless there's a diverse production crew, I'm not going to work on this. That'll set. be the fucking day. Yeah. But, that, but the, pro the problem is that's an outcome based thing. That's like saying, OK, I'm here at the very end of the process. And now I insist you have a. a United Colors of Benetton looking production crew. It's also total bullshit. No one would ever do that unless unless you're Marlon Brando status and yes. you decide to totally fuck up a whole production, <laughs> yes. in which case you'll be hated and probably never work did again. You see, did you see the Kevin Hart, the Kevin Hart story over the holidays? No. His kid had a one year old birthday. <laughs> his kid, he and his wife, who apparently he's cheated on three or four times and been extorted by every woman <laughs> he slept with, uh, had a uh, they had a one year old kid birthday party, which, of course, in Hollywood has to be a big to do. But he had it through a Cowboys and Indians party <laughs> where he had people dressed up as Cowboys and Indians. Good. And he was labeled as like the biggest ra the biggest racist ever. And then someone pointed out like because they had the, fo the, the group photo from the party and like half of them were dressed as Native Americans and half were dressed as Cowboys. And they said people wrote this is the most racist, backwards, whatever, horrible thing, genocidal, all this stuff like that. And like racially people, racial tone deafness. And then someone goes like. Well, isn't everyone in the photo black? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, yeah, but still, like, well, actually, black people could be, of course, be racist. They generally not to be racist. Cow a bit, uh, well, black people could be cowboys too. They could be cowboys too, and they, I guess, they can't be Native Americans. <laughs> but it was just, it was just like it, whenever people like that, and Kevin Hart's obviously seen as a likable guy, and like nobody thinks he's got a bad bone in his body, and he probably f supports a lot of progressive causes. So then they hit this conundrum of like, what do we do now? Kevin Hart, who's a black. Uh, you know, sort of like socially progressive guy through a Cowboys and Indians party. What do we do? Like, do we attack him? Do we like, we don't want to lose him. He <laughs> donates to it, donates to our organization. Like, you know, these people are just, it's just such the tail that the, the head snake eating the tail, right? It's consuming itself. Yeah. You run out of, you run out like, so now you're Ellen Pompeo where you're a woman who's making $20 million a year just on her one TV show, which films three months a year. She makes another 30 or $40 million in other endorsements a year. The most privileged of privileged people in this in this world, in this country at least, a, a wealthy white female celebrity, attractive woman. What's she gonna complain about? Oh, there's no uh, there's no uh, Asian people working in uh, working the grip on the grip. <laughs> like so she's saying with a straight face, she's gonna show up onto a set. Got you know got half the check already. Yeah, getting paid for all the session, and. Uh, Sorry, I'm gonna pack it in. Yeah, because I, I did a I did a head, head count. count. Yes, you're a fucking liar. Yes. You're, you're not gonna do that. 
I, I, I still go back. I, another fight I got on social media was the woman who produces the remake of One Day at a Time, the Norman Lear show from the 70s. Oh, but it's with, it's with Rita Moreno. And that's a sp- Hispanic family now, which is fine, whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about right it, now. The, the, Netflix has a remake of One Day at a Time was the one with Mackenzie Phillips and who was, who was the woman who married uh, Van Halen, uh, Valerie Bertinelli, uh, and some other people in the 70s. It was a Norman Lear. After All in the Family, he did one, uh, one Day at a Time. It was like a single mom raising two kids in an apartment. It was very progressive in the 70s. Mm. Um, and dealing with being like a woman in her 40s who was raising two kids. They'd never had a TV show like that before. He always had groundbreaking TV shows. Now it seems silly, but at the time, it was always like happy family f- TV. Um, she was a divorcee or widow. I can't remember. This is like a sitcom. Yeah, a sitcom. But and the daughter was like in high school, but they just had to deal with drugs and other things like that. So it was like one of those first real life oh, TV okay. shows. And they remade it in Hispanic now. Now it's Hispanic. Rita Moreno is like the, the grandma, and someone the cast is all Hispanic. But the lady who runs the show like keeps posting like the demographic stats of all the people who work on the show, and she's like thirty percent, sixty percent minority, seventy percent female. And then she's, I'm like, okay, I guess she figured that out. And then she put like 40% gay LGBTQ. I'm like, what do you, do you actually do? Like, are you actually asking people if they're gay? I mean, you just <laughs> going like, Steve looks gay. Let's put him <laughs> down. Like, and, they, and they're like champion this is like, you know, this is the future, right? This is like, I'm like, really? The future is you figuring out who in your crew is gay? And, ch- and like, how do you even know that? Or how do you know what, if someone's mixed race or how like, and by the way, people are just—it's such, perver- such a perversion of like inclusiveness. Yeah, and and of demographics. Yes, because well, that too. People have always been gay. The, the, in the future, four yes. of your ten friends are not going to be gay. Sorry, <laughs> no, they're not. But there's always been gay people working. I mean, oh, we had Rock Hudson. I mean, there are always gay people working in Hollywood. They yeah, know it might be it. a little more. Sc- I just don't. But that's. But by the way, you're not you're not actually not allowed to ask your employees if they're gay. So I'm just wondering, like, how did like. Okay, listen, I'm not allowed to ask you, but kind of give me a wink if you uh, if you dig dudes. <laughs> like, like, yeah. How are you telling us? By the way, is that person you're calling Latino really full Latino? Are they part Native American? Are they part Asian? I mean, it's like it's such a it's such a disturbance, a disturbing way to become inclusive by putting people into their little label and then declaring how great you are because you have like 40 percent LGBTQ. That why does your employer know that you're gay? That's not even supposed to happen. That bothered the fuck out of me. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you. Takashi sixty nine seems like he's going down big time. I, as you know, I only admire uh, rappers who either kill people or are killed. Because <laughs> I think rap really has lost since gangster rap. Where gang rappers actually were gangsters, we've lost a lot in the rap community. You're not so you you don't idolize Big Pun who just like <laughs> ate too many sandwiches. No, no, I don't idolize. I mean, I I respect Kanye as a marketer, and I respect these other guys. Some of them are talented rappers. But to me, rap is about it's it's like it's like being punk, fake punk, right? Either you're real punk, either you're Sid Vicious and you're taking the fucking blade to your chest, or you're or you're putting fake blood on your chest. Mm-hmm. Either you're actually taking a razor blade and carving someone's name into you while you're high on heroin, or you're just faking it. I mean, there's just no way around, there's no way around that. You got to be legit. You don't have to be in rap. You don't have to be in punk. You know, it's like a country artist who isn't really like a divorce drunk. I don't want to. I don't want to hear from them. Uh. Taylor Swift. I, I don't I mean, hear Taylor Swift. Country I think music. there's rappers who are artists, but that is not Takashi sixty nine is the you know the gangster. I'm a I'm a you know degenerate breaking the law type of guy. Six Takashi. Well, as far as we can tell, he can't rap. So there's that. Like he can't actually rap. 
Yeah. Like if we see, we went through some of his songs. Remember, he just yells yeah, the and bomb. Song. There was either him or another person saying uh, "nigger" over and over. Right. Um, and then we also learned, and subsequently learned, that he's actually Hispanic. His name is Daniel. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Hernandez. <laughs> um, and then he puts the sixteen. I mean, it's like it's l- it's ludicrous. But what is not ludicrous about him is that he actually is a violent guy wrapped up in a violent world of grudges and, and, and beefs. And things where people are actually getting pistol whipped. Uh, I love pistol whipping because I think that only happens in the movies and in rap and rap fights. Like who actually pistol whips? I'd almost rather be shot. Yeah, who actually takes a gun, turns around, and hits somebody in the head with it? Unless you're out of bullets, maybe. <laughs> yes. But it's like, dude, the gun is right there. It's a felony either way. <laughs> just fucking shoot the guy. I thought it was. A, I thought pistol whipping was just a device in movies where like you could knock somebody out. Like they always pistol whip on the head, and the guy falls to the ground unconscious. Yeah. Like, don't you have to hit him somewhere specifically in the head to make knock somebody out? Like, even in, like, UFC, some guy can take a huge punch, but not in the right area and just still stand. So how can, like, a, a three-pound gun knock you out unless you hit him in the temple or somewhere where it would knock somebody out? Anywhere they come close to their head, the person just flops to the ground unconscious. Well, and if it's... Riddle me this. If it's that effective of a weapon... How come cops carry billy clubs yes. and not just the butt of a gun <laughs> yes. that with no rounds in it? Yeah, and also, by the way, you I, I sort of have to point the barrel of the gun at yourself while you're hitting somebody in the head with it, which seems like an inherently dangerous idea. Yeah. Because you turn the gun around, it's sort of pointed at you, and you hit the guy with the, with the handle of the gun, and then you knock him out. Meanwhile, the gun could discharge, and you shoot yourself in the face. Yeah, if you need to knock people out, just get like a stun gun or something. Uh, yeah, I think that you're right. They've moved on to pepper spray, stun guns, uh, all sorts of uh, uh, electrosta- electrostatic devices that seem to work better. Uh, and you can, by the way, keep applying without having to like, it doesn't matter where you actually apply the uh, stun gun. It doesn't have to be in the right part of the brain to knock the person out or dis- disable. I wonder if anyone's ever beat someone up, like pistol whip someone with the can of pepper spray. Yeah. I guess yeah. I'm going off track. A yeah. <laughs> so Takashi 69, he seemed like he burned out pretty, like a, a, a better to burn out than fade away. He got arrested for he beat up a kid in a mall for taking his picture. And then there was this weird thing where he got kidnapped by another group and beaten and kidnapped. He was in the hospital. And now he's been arrested for like ordering hits on people. And it looks like he's going away for a long time. And he like posted a video of him getting blown by a a 13 year old girl. Well, yeah, that's beside the point. That's like a minor offense. Well, not really. I mean, he's on probation. So but here's a, and so now he's got, now there's videos of him where it's hard to tell if he's, be, I mean, you think he's serious, but it's hard to tell how serious he is when he's ordering other rappers to be killed. It's hard to take a guy that looks like that seriously yes. about anything. But I think he has a death wish. I mean, I think he has a legitimate rap death wish where like, I think he will legitimately get like, uh, like a submachine gun as a rapper's use, stand out of the top of a limousine and start firing at people, which is what rap to me is missing. Those were those were the good old days. Yeah, when guys actually like no one expected to live past twenty five in rap. It was just like if you're thirty, you were old, and then you were kind of disgraced because you were still alive. Yeah, uh, or you were in jail for you were in jail for life. Whereas you could have just toured Europe. Yes, and uh, like a lot of the rappers do now. Yeah, I just I worry I'm worried that we are rewarding the corporate shell rappers, and we're punishing the actual legit like I think like legit rappers should have like very little things they get put away in jail for, like. You got street justice. Like we need street justice for street people. Like if he's actually a street, per- if he actually is like challenging other people with guns to gunfights, you gotta let him fight, right? <laughs> it's like I think I don't know a lot about uh, rap beefs, but I think everyone wants to kick his ass because yes. they can tell. I know all rappers hate him and want to kill him, and so he has to hire like 
you know, is it because he's a poser or because he's just fucking talking about killing all of them, or he's just ruining the business? I think it's, I think it's both. I think it's because he looks the way he looks, so you can't take him seriously, even yeah. if he's killed hundreds of people. Yeah, it's like, dude, no, like <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not afraid of you. If if you threaten to kill me looking like that, I'll just fucking kill you. When you have to walk, and he has to walk around with ten giant bodyguards, bodyguards. which make him look like he's three feet tall. Um, because I I don't think real like. Real rappers have one or two bodyguards, posse, who they hang out with, and you know. But uh, I think he's seen as a poser uh, who also can't rap. But do you think guys who are ultra violent, you can rap and be a poser. Yeah, do you think they're seen as posers now because the other rappers, like Jay Z, is not going to get in a gun battle with anybody, right? So he's not, you know, not just because he's made so much money, because these guys are corporate. These guys are entrepreneurial multi-billionaires. With big marketing companies and media companies, these guys the minute they get money, they basically leave behind whatever. You know, they still sleep around with women and sh- make babies and shit like that. But they've left behind any violence in their past. I don't. I think this guy like upsets that the new the new normal, which is like fake violence, uh-huh. which is like oh, I might get caught with a gun. Ti is gonna get caught with a gun or weed or some shit like that. But no one's actually killing each other anymore. And this guy's like ordering hits on people. <laughs> I think the rest of the the corporate hip hop world, which is probably mostly white, is like, yeah, this is gonna ruin everything. This is gonna ruin everything. So now I think he's gonna be put in jail, probably for a crime he barely committed. If he committed the crime, just on shitty circumstantial evidence, because they just want to get rid of him. I think everyone wants to get rid of him. I mean, I for some reason he has he has a, a following. He has a little following. Yeah, he has a song or two on the Billboard, and he just came to L.A. and he shot. A music video. Why he had to come to L.A. I don't know. Probably he just needed more beef material. And does he shoot people, his enemies, in his videos? I don't know. It was somehow uh, Kanye West was in the video, so he's got to get up on this. I yeah, I think this. Guy, I don't fucking know, dude. I think he's like a sacrificial. Like I don't know. We need to agree on some guy to fucking hate, and then like he'll either kill himself or like he'll get killed. Well, last year was uh, uh was it Tentacion XXX? I don't know. I learned how to pronounce his name properly. Was killed. Was actually killed. So every now and then there's still a guy killed, but the guys making ninety nine point nine percent of the money are Drake, and uh, and Jay Z and Kanye and all these other guys you can name that I can't name who are basically doing s- arena tours or touring Europe, and they're. Fucking living in uh, wherever they where <laughs> West Hollywood, West Hollywood. I'm getting like a yeah, well, and Drake, who's just a normal. His stick is that he's just kind of a normal guy who yes. likes to kind of fuck or whatever. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I'm getting from the corporate rap scene like they're going full Vince McMahon. Yes. Like we just needed some guy that like makes a statement. Hollywood and, Hulk. We needed Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and just the way he looks, like not to keep, but. That guy is so hateable that everyone's just like, fuck that guy based on his appearance. Like, if that guy fucking won a Nobel Prize for, like, designing new wells in Kenya (laughs) that saved a bunch of kids, and, like, he accepted the award looking the way he looks, I'd be like, still, fuck that guy. He's a bad person. Like, I don't know how he fooled everyone. Um, It ruined it for me when I found out he was, like, Mexican. It just kind of ruined it for me. Not that you can't be Mexican and, I guess, rap. But the fact that his whole shtick seemed to be sitting on the stoop, like in, you know, in fucking bed like, you know, with his boys, like, you know, with the fucking dread, the dreads and the and the guns and the, you know, the, the fucking gold tooth. That, that seems to be a very I don't want to get into cultural appropriation, but that seems like a very black urban, you know, sort of cultural setting. 
And he just when I found out his name was Daniel Hernandez and he was from te- he was from Houston. I just kind of and his family's from Mexico. I just kind of got disappointed in the whole thing. I think there's a lot of appropriation going on and a lot of, you know, the face tattoo thing. All, all of a sudden, you know, he's not the first guy that has the face tattoos, but he did it the worst. Yes. Like he went the furthest with it. Um, but that's sort of the gold, the gold, cr- the, all the, the teeth and the rainbow thing, and then yelling, yelling, uh, and bombs and all his songs and talking about. Uh, yeah, like I just fishing. think they pulled out. I mean, like on uh, American Idol, they'll they'll find a crazy person yes. and they'll come and do their audition and <laughs> they'll start dancing around and everyone makes fun of them because they're crazy, <laughs> you know, hoping they got strip search first, <laughs> and then that person goes away. And I don't know. That's kind of what I feel like. You think a guy make? You think he makes money? He has to because he has. It's a all sto- I'm sure it's all stolen from him, but he must make generate money. I would have said no, but I actually checked the the Billboard charts, and he has he has a one or two songs on the chart. I mean, he's obviously not like loaded, but he yeah. he's definitely making enough money to, you know, find like die sooner. <laughs> I think he's going to jail on a bad beef. I'm just worried that rap is now finally dead. If if the guy is actually willing to kill people. He needs to. He, he needs to. He needs to linger for a while. They cannot put him in regular white man jail. There needs to be rapper. Rapper justice. We need a rapper justice. Imagine if like the guys who killed Tupac just went to, went through a trial. That would have been shit. Really shitty. Nobody wanted that. Yeah. If if, if, if if Biggie and they all went through like a long, long eighteen month trial, would have been sucked. That would have sucked. So it was it was ju- Vegas justice and L A justice on the streets. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Now it's time for our final segment today. Panties in a bunch about the Rogers brothers. How many Rogers brothers can you name? It's time to forget about those Boy Scouts and head on over to patreon.com forward slash last men on earth. Creepy pedo voice commands you. All right, creepy pedo voice. Uh, that's quite enough. That's starting to uh, freak me out every week. I met you. Have something you wish to pimp and promote for the show? Uh, MattRalston.net. Instagram at the Matt Ralston. I like that you're watching like a, a sort of semi beta male commercial car commercial that moved you to write. Must have angered you. So, must have angered you so much. So <laughs> the I, guy, because f- I've had this type of shit happen, not on a uh, the same scale. I've bought something for a chick, and then somehow I turn into the fucking into the asshole, and I'm just picturing myself buying a truck. I think that's what pissed you off the most. She got him a Fitbit, and he got her a car. And he couldn't even keep his own c- truck. <laughs> he keep his own tr- it was like a cuckold, a cuckold in the car buying process. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't. Have you ever? And you're re- I identified with that dickless man to some degree. Have you ever heard of a guy buying a brand new car for a woman before? Outside of like a celebrity rapper, or sport athlete or something. Have you ever known anyone who's bought a woman a brand new car? Like just I surprise. Mean, no. Surprise. Here's the car. <laughs> like. Dude, you know how hard it would be to actually pull off a surprise with a car like well you could go buy i mean if you had 60 grand in cash lying around you could go buy a car and put it in the driveway oh, okay and then <laughs> when you're at the lexus dealer be like do you can i get one of those giant bows yeah. and they're like oh right, what are you a fucking <laughs> moron are you retarded no sir we don't carry those then you can spend the next you know week of your life driving around looking for the giant bow then you got to drive and she's texting you like are you cheating on me and you're like no you know, like, fuck, now I'm taking the car back. I don't know. No, no one would ever so the surprise their <laughs> their spouse with a car. No. Like, unless, they're, if, unless it's like, okay, the owner of the Clippers with his uh, with I think, horse. I think like I've that. seen it happen with um, teenagers, like their first car. 
Oh, the parents do, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, a shitty, like a shitty old, it's usually a used Camry. Or a new car <laughs> if they're well If they're wealthy, the Beamer and the for happy sweet like 16. It's like sweet 16 and, or sweet. Yeah, I guess it happens, it happens in L.A. Probably not so much in Alaska or where I, where I came up. All right, that's our show. Last Minute Earth. Talk to you next week. I'm in the barn. I'm playing with my cock. All the boys line up to pet my cock. He's thick, he's red, he's got a big old head. Why don't I just show you instead? Raise your hand if you want to see my cock.